Coming up on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 5 pregame show, we take a look at last week's game between Savannah and Lafayette. Bitten picks up their first victory of 2020. And with schedule changes, we got a brand new city game of the week. We preview this week's big matchup between Central and Savannah coming up on the Week 5 pregame show. Welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. This is the Week 5 pregame show. We got a lot to get to on this segment, so let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead. Let's run down some scores from Week 4. Savannah was able to get their first win of the season after being on quarantine for two weeks. They pick up a huge win over Lafayette. 23-21 was the final. The Benton Cardinals pick up their first win of the 2020 season by defeating Kansas City Central 20-14. to Lee Summit defeated Central 22-8. And LeBlanc also winning their first game of the season over Keatsville 62-32. Now let's move on to this week in the city. A lot going on this week. We had a lot of cancellations, a lot of schedule changes this week. Lafayette, Benton, uh, kids on quarantine. They're not playing this week. Sage Christian's game against Northeast. Northeast has some kids on quarantine their game has been canceled this week. So all that brings together our city game of the week. It is Central at Savannah. Let's recap the season so far for the Indians. Central is 1-3 on the season after their week one win over Ruskin. The offense has only scored 21 points since. Now we had a chance to catch up with Coach Trotter. We recapped the last couple weeks of the season. We talked about their woes and we talked about... The big game this week against Savannah. Here's our interview with Coach Reggie Trotter right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 5 pregame show. We've got Central Indian Head Coach Reggie Trotter back with us. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to have you on, Coach. Um, last week, a um, 22-8 defeat to Lee Summit um, last week. Talk about how that – talk about – just give a summary of how that football game went. You know, it was one of those really, really frustrating games where we were knocking on the door several times and just couldn't punch it in uh, until late. Uh, defensively, we, we played really well, um, but we're still struggling to, to find the end zone enough times to, to beat people. And those are things that, you know, we're constantly working on. Coach Farrell and, and our staff is, um, you know, if I have a lot of confidence in those guys that we're going to, you know, put our guys in the right situations. But. Uh, we have to make plays, and that's what it comes down to: making more plays than our opponents. Uh, coach, um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the uh, the first the last couple games as a whole. What do you think has really been some of the um, the biggest struggles for you guys? You know, I mean, turnovers. You know, I mean, you can't turn the ball over against anybody. You know, good team, bad team, doesn't matter. Um, if you turn the ball over, you're going to struggle. And for us to turn the ball over, whether it be an interception or a fumble or, um, or, or not converting, uh, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's going to be a struggle, you know, and defensively when we have moments where we're just on the edge of, uh, of taking the ball away, we haven't necessarily gotten it. Uh, we, you know, we've taken it away a couple times, but not a lot, you know, but other than that, you know, we've been playing pretty stingy defense, but uh, you know, if we scored three points, we have to allow our opponent zero. You know, and those are the things that, that we talk to our guys all the time. It's always something that uh, that we could have done better, whether it be offensively or defensively or special teams-wise, uh, that 
would help us win a football game. And that's all three phases. Well, Coach, let's talk about week five. Um, you were originally supposed to play Lafayette this week at a big city game. Obviously, yeah. Lafayette not playing this week. Picked up the game at Savannah this week, which still, you know, it's not too far away from St. Joseph. Um, what came about picking up that football game? You know, it was a crazy thing, and it's really disappointing. There's a, there's a number of things that are really disappointing about um, the situation. You know, I mean, you can go down the line with, with all the COVID stuff, but, you know, both, both programs were really excited about this game, and the city was really excited about this game. And, you know, to not be able to play this game, it really stinks for, for all parties involved. You know, I mean, we were, in, we were really excited to play it. They were really excited to play it. Um, even with the situations at hand, we were going to play it. And then next thing you know, you know, they had to back out of it. And, and you know, through no fault of, of really anybody, it's just kind of the way things are right now. And that stinks, you know, and it really sucks for both programs um, to have to be in that situation. But, you know, at that point, once we figured all that stuff out, now we have to scramble and try to find a game. You know, we were looking around. I was making some phone calls. Uh, our activities director, Dave Lau, was looking around, trying to find some games. Benton was scheduled to play Savannah, so we thought that was out. But next thing you know, Benton ended up getting shut down. So I left Savannah with an opening, I left us with an opening. Uh, the powers that be came together, and the next thing you know, we're, uh, we're headed up north uh, to Savannah to play the old guys. Let's talk about the Savages as a football team. Um, they, they're coming off a win last week against Lafayette. They have a um, really good running back in Evan Yow. Um, talk about what the key is to stopping him and other keys for Savannah. And um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Well, it's going to be a very physical game. You know, uh, they're coming off a big win against Lafayette. Lafayette uh, played those guys really tough. They were missing several starters. Uh, and, and I believe they only lost by two. I think it was a 23-21 ball game. Uh, really, really good ball game. I, I've watched that one uh, about, you know, almost two full times now. Um, really good football game. Uh, they, they have a really talented football team, you know, and, and Savannah has traditionally been really very talented, very physical, um, you know, and those are things that we're expecting to go up there and face, and we're trying to match their physicality and, and uh, try to add some of our own. Well, I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be a real football real good football game on Friday night. I wasn't real sure whether or not the teams have played before this. So Yeah, I you know what, I don't even know. I, I don't know if this is our first meeting or or if they've played, you know, down the line somewhere, but I, I don't actually don't don't know the answer to that. If anybody's listening to this right now, they know. Tweet the podcast account, definitely for sure. I would like to know if these two teams have played before. But if not, I think it's gonna be a good first time matchup. I think, you know. You guys in Savannah, I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be there live. All right. Sounds good, man. We're looking forward to it as well. And uh, wish everybody to stay healthy and, and get through it so we can get, you know, I'm not definitely not looking forward, uh, looking past Savannah by any means. But the more we can get to, you know, week five, then maybe we'll get to week six and, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast week after week. I truly do appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time, and um, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me on. And that was Central Head Coach Reggie Trotter. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show. Now to recap the season so far on the Savannah side. The Savages are 1-1 one one in the season. They lost to Excelsior Springs 33-21. And then the two weeks after that, they were forced to quarantine, so they lost two weeks 
worth of football games. But they were able to come back last week and beat Lafayette 23-21 like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Which Lafayette is a very good football team. So for Savannah to be off for two weeks to go and beat Lafayette, which is another quality football team, 23-21, to that makes a huge statement there for Savannah. They were originally supposed to play at Benton this week. Obviously, schedule changes there. So they were so they were set up to play Central. So we had an opportunity to talk with Coach Kevin Kopecki. We talked to him for the first time since the Lafayette game. Um, how they felt playing for the first time since quarantine. And we previewed their big game against Central. Here's our interview with Savannah Coach Kevin Kopecki right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 5 pregame show. We've got Savannah Savage head coach Kevin Kopecki back with us. How you doing, Coach? Doing well, Clifton. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure to have you. Coach, um, 23-21 to 21 win over Lafayette on Friday. Um, really, really good football game until the end. Um, just give a summary of that football game. Yeah, like you said, uh, we, we kind of jumped out on them early. I think it was 20-7 to 7 at one point, and uh, – they did a good job of fighting back, and it was a really good football game. I told some other reporters and stuff immediately after the game, you know, if you weren't for either team, if you just drove by and were watching a football game, it was just a, a good game to watch. Uh, both teams played really hard, and it was a hard-fought win for us. Really proud of our kids, especially after having, you know, a couple weeks off. Yeah, definitely was it to, uh, for you and the kids really to get back on the field, and not only for you guys to get back on the field, to get a win. Yeah, you know, it, it's going into that, you know, after the quarantine, which is very difficult. You know, no one wants to be home during the football season. None of us have ever been home during a football season. No one really knows exactly what to do. And, uh, you know, it was just, I know we appreciate, I think COVID has taught a lot of people that, you know, you appreciate things in life. I think I've always kind of been that type of person. And hopefully a lot of our kids have and coaches have too. But, uh, you know, things can get taken away from you. And when you get a chance to uh, come back and play football, a game that we all really uh, love. Uh, it, it was really special for us, and I was really excited. And I had even thought during the quarantine, you know, what we really need was just a win. You know, we'd been working a long time together, and we've all been through a lot of things together here at Savannah, as have a lot of people in the area and in, in the country with everything that's going on. We're not the only football team that's been disrupted, that's for sure. And uh, we just needed a win. You know, I, we told the kids when we lost to Excelsior, um, you know, and they played well and we didn't and uh, we lost that game. But just, you know, we're trying to correct mistakes and things. And we have some really great young people here at our school, but it's just easier to correct things and do that after you win. And I tell you, it's just exactly what we needed. It was a big win and it was a conference win. And uh, it just it just sets the mood for the rest of the season, truthfully. Well, Lafayette was Lafayette's a very, very good football team. Um, you mentioned um, you guys jumped out early in the game. Was there any concern late? about them maybe coming back? Oh, heck yes. They had a really uh, key drive with only a, probably two, three minutes left in the game. You know, and if they'd have converted one of the first downs, our defense did a great job and um, got, a, got a sack on the quarterback and um, put them in too deep of a, you know, situation that they didn't convert. And uh, it was really a, it, it was a nail biter at the end. And, you know, I'm not so sure that we didn't wear out a little bit. I think our conditioning is not where it needs to be. We've been working um, diligently on it, but uh you know, it was, it, if we'd have played five quarters, it, you know, we might not have been talking about that being a W for us. I was very imp- impressed with Lafayette's football team, like you mentioned. Uh, they're very talented. Uh, they played really hard, and uh, it was a it was a good win for us because of that reason. We uh, we beat a good football team. Okay, and then the last thing we're going to talk about as far as this game is concerned, um, talk about the play of your running back, Evan Yout. Uh, when you sent me the stats, I, wa- I was able to watch the game via stream, and um, – he had some really, really good runs. And then whenever I looked at the stats, 
that kid just had a heck of a game. He had a real good year last year. Talk about your starting running back. Yeah, he's a tremendous young man, first and foremost. He's one of our four. Uh, we rotate one every week, but he's one of our three elected team captains. He'll be a captain every week. Uh, he's a great leader. Uh, he's a very humble young man. You know, sometimes when I've been in this uh, business a long time, you get a, a kind of a really good player like uh, Evan is, and that they're a little bit about themselves. He is always gives credit to the offensive line. He's a pleasure to work with. Just a great young man, first and foremost. And then I tell you what, I'm just really glad that he's in our locker room because I tell you, he's uh, he's really carrying the load for our offense. And to be quite honest, we're going to have to do uh, some other things here down the road. We can't have him carrying 39, 40 times a game. That's just uh, probably a little too many touches. But, you know, uh, he had the hot hand and he wanted the football. And, and uh, like you said, just had a tremendous night. And if you look at the film like coaches do with a real fine-tooth comb sometimes, uh, we didn't do a really good job at times blocking. Other times we did a really good job, but we can definitely improve in the offensive line. We've worked on that this week. And uh, I tell you what, if we can if we can get the line to improve and the way he runs, it'll even be better. Well, Coach, let's talk about this week. This week has been a crazy week, hasn't it? Um, we had a um, – you guys originally were supposed to travel to Benton. Obviously, the news came out yesterday that Lafayette and Benton um, are not able to play this week. Um, Central was supposed to play at Lafayette. Obviously, you guys were supposed to play at Benton. And then those two teams canceled. You guys pick up Central on the schedule. How did that all work out? You know, I think uh, both athletic directors, I know Chad Dreyer from our school, uh, reached out to them or vice versa. And I know both schools talked. It just seemed to make sense. Uh, you know, if both teams would have been looking anywhere in the state or anywhere in the surrounding area, it could have been difficult. Uh, here were two teams that are close. And, uh, you know, we're a little bit, um, you know, be a little bit of an underdog, I would say, in the fact that Central's just such a big, big high school. They got a lot of kids to pick from. I know that recently, you know, they, they did a really good job in their win this year. I believe it was against Ruskin to get kind of that monkey off their back and get their first win in a while. Um but, uh, you know, Coach Trotter and their staff do a really good job. They have good kids. They play an extremely tough schedule year in and year out in the Suburban Conference. We know that. We respect that. And uh, we're going to have our hands full. They're a good football team. Well, let's talk about uh, what, what what can we expect from the Indians, from the little bit you were able to watch. Because obviously, you know, you guys were obviously preparing for Benton. Then you guys had to switch up to Central. What have you seen from the Indians so far? And really, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? You know, I think it's just going to be really interesting. I think our, our athletic director sent out the uh, uh, kind of the uh, pregame stuff, and he called it the Battle of the Tribes, you know. So they're the Indians and we're the Savages. So it's it's, uh, it's two teams that traditionally I don't know the history uh, 100% because I just got it, as you know, but I don't think we regularly play Central or ever have in football. Um, like I said, they're a bigger school. We're a smaller school. kind of keeps us away from each other. You know, the other two schools in St. Joe – um, that are in our conference as far as football goes, Benton and LeBlanc, or excuse me, Lafayette, LeBlanc, you know, was in the conference. So uh, it's just kind of the, the, you know, they're the big school in St. Joe, and it's just going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm really excited about it, and I, I think they are too. And again, this year in 2020, Clifton, just, just to be having a game, just to be able to play again, I think both teams are going to be very appreciative of that. Well, absolutely. Definitely. Um, definitely. It's great to have football. You know, um, some teams obviously haven't been able to have it week by week, but definitely here. Definitely very, very blessed for those who are. Yeah, able to have exactly right. You know, and we're one of those teams, you know, we've had this taken away. We quarantined for two weeks during the summer and didn't get to lift weights quite as much as we'd have liked. We got quarantined actually during the season. And again, I'm just really proud of our kids and our coaches and our, our school district has done as good a job of anybody around, I think, trying to 
uh, do the right thing. No one knows exactly what to do in these situations. But uh, again, I, I feel like we have people fighting for us and fighting for our kids, trying to do the best thing. And I appreciate that. Uh, as far as Central's football team, um, they have a very good athlete, number 19. Uh, they try to get the ball to him a lot. Uh, they're good up front. Both their lines are decent. And like I said, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, they're tested every week with that tough schedule. They go against people uh, sometimes bigger and stronger than them and maybe a little more athletic in schools that are, you know, even bigger than them. So uh, they're used to playing good people. Uh, they're not going to be surprised by anything we're do- we do. They're going to uh, come in, and I think it's going to be a great football game. I de- definitely for sure. I will definitely be there on Friday night. So definitely, um, we'll definitely stay tuned. Um, anybody um, looking for streaming options on the game should be available probably by the end of the week, maybe Friday. So, um, Coach Kapecki, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast once again, and uh, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Thanks, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Clifton. And that was Savannah Savage head coach Kevin Kapecki Central at Savannah this Friday. Definitely check that out. We'll be posting streaming links here on Friday on the Cliff Notes Podcast Twitter account. You can follow that at Cliff Notes underscore pod. Now let's go over the MEC standings before we get into the rest of the MEC schedule. St. Pius leads the MEC with two, with a 2-0 record. They're 4-0 overall. Savannah is 1-0 in the MEC with a 1-1 record. Cameron, Maryville, and Lafayette are all 1-1 in the conference. Cameron is 3-1 overall, while the Spoofhounds and the Irish are 2-2 on the season. Benton is 0-1 in the MEC with a 1-3 record. Their win over Kansas City Central, that was a non-conference victory. And Chillicothe rounds out the standings with an 0-2 record in conference, 0-4 overall. Other games in the MEC include Maryville and Cameron. Like we mentioned, the records there, Spoofhounds 2-2, Dragons 3-1. Maryville did win last year's game 61 to nothing. We did have an opportunity to catch up with head coach Jeff Wallace of the Cameron Dragons. We talked about them snapping their losing streak against Chillicothe, and we look ahead to the Maryville game. Here's our interview with coach Jeff Wallace right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We got our pregame show. We got Cameron head coach Jeff Wallace back with us. How you doing, coach? I'm doing real good. Uh, Coach, back and forth game in the first half against uh, Chillicothe this last week, but then you guys were able to pull away in the second half. Give a little bit, just give an analysis on that on the football game on Friday night. The opening the opening drive was pretty much uh, similar to what they did the week before against Maryville. They went ten minutes against Maryville and scored, and they went seven and a half against us and scored. And you know we needed to make a couple adjustments to where we were fitting and that type of stuff. And our kids did a nice job of being coachable. They, we upped our physicality a little bit after that first drive, and, and we did pretty well. Um, you know, so you take away the first couple of drives, I'll say, one on one on offense for us and one on on their offense. And I was really, really happy with the way that we played. The boys wanted it. They, they, they definitely did. They haven't beat them in 14 years, I was told. And, you know, just watch them in the locker room before the game. They wanted that football game. Definitely, it's nice breaking a losing streak like that. Definitely getting the proverbial monkey off your back. One thing that I have to talk about with, the, with this this last week's game, though, is Ty Campbell. What a game from that kid. Can you talk about your starting quarterback a little bit? Well, he is a fierce competitor, I'm telling you. He he is his own worst critic, and sometimes he gets in his head and knifes himself from the inside out. And, you know, we got to quit come to quit doing that because you're killing yourself. But he is probably the most fierce competitor maybe I've coached, and I've done this for a while. Uh, boy, he, he wants to be successful so bad he can't stand it. 
you know, he's a coachable kid that, that, that does what you ask him to do. He's one of our leaders, probably our biggest leader on this football team, and kids follow his lead. He threw four touchdown passes and he rushed for another couple, I believe, if I got that right. Uh, threw for over 200, ran for another 100. You know, and teams know that know what he's going to do. They know he's going to have the ball in his hand, and it's still very difficult to get a hold of him and bring him down. But he is just kind of one of those kids that comes along every so often that uh, is pretty special. Well, Coach, um, we always talk about how competitive the NEC is, and there's no rest for the wicked this week. Um, Maryville is coming to town this week. Um, talk about them. Um, we all know how dominant Maryville has been this past decade. Talk about them and what can we expect from this football game on Friday night? You know, they are, they are a typical Maryville team. They're thick up inside. They've got tremendous skill kids. They've got you – know, they run that 4-3 defense, but I always say it's a 4-5 because their safeties are like linebackers. They end up in the box, play the run as well as the linebackers do. You know, it's just tough to get a hat on everybody that you need to get a hat on in the box to, to be able to, to move the football consistently against them. You know, and they're going to they're gonna come in here and they're going to be chafing a little bit. I think they're 2-2, two and two, I believe, on the year, and, and that's not – generally where they are at this point. They've played some very good football teams up to this point. So uh, and to say they're well coached would be an understatement. They are extremely well coached in all aspects of the game. So it's going to be a monumental challenge for us. I think it would be a good, good football game on Friday night. Definitely catch that. Uh, Maryville and Cameron this uh, Friday night. Coach, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking so much of your time. Truly very appreciate that. You betcha, Cliff. I enjoy doing it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Maryville Cameron, you can check that out on 1360 AM KMRN. They will have the call there. Always a pleasure to have Coach Wallace on. And then the other game in the um, MEC is Chillicothe at St. Pius. Hornets winless on the season at 0-4, while the St. Pius Warriors, they are 4-0 on the season, coming off that huge win against Maryville. Other game in the city includes Bishop LeBlanc and Archie. That game is at LeBlanc. Whirlwinds are 4-0 on the year, while LeBlanc is 1-3 on the season. We did have an opportunity to catch up with head coach Chuck Davis after their win against Keatsville. We talk about that, and we look ahead to the big matchup against Archie. Here's an interview with Coach Chuck Davis right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 5 pregame show. We've got Bishop LeBlanc, Gold Eagle head coach Chuck Davis with us. How are you doing, Coach? Fantastic. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Another week of football, my friend. All right. So, um, Week 4, um, was able to pick up your uh, first win of the season against Keatsville. Um, talk about how that football game went for those who weren't able to see it. Um, just give it a little bit of analysis of that game. So, it was Keatsville's first year with the program. Sixteen kids come out, um, but they had three that were hurt, injured that couldn't play. So they, I think they started the game with thirteen or fourteen healthy kids. First program, you know, you're bound to have your uh, hurdles. They got they got some tough kids out there. You know, with thirteen people, you don't really get a break, even if they are subbing in and out. So. Um, I was proud of the way our guys came out. We came out strong, held them, returned the first kick for a touchdown, held them again, scored on possession. I think it was – it ended up being 30-0, to zero, you know, before we knew it. Uh, we got a lot of second-team guys, a lot of reps. You know, uh, I think 
our starters played the first quarter and a half, and they sat out the, most of the second quarter, and then they came back out to start the third quarter, and then they, they were pretty much done for the game after that. It's definitely good to uh, get um, younger kids experiencing games whenever you can, absolutely. Um, talk about the kids. Um, what does this win mean for them, you know, the weeks and the summer of working so hard in practice and then um, finally going out there, you play a tough schedule to begin the year and then come out and get your first win of the year? I mean, it, it was awesome. You know, it meant the world, especially to the younger kids, that – a lot of who played football feels like to win a game because, you know, we started, a, like you said, a tough beginning of the schedule, lost three straight. And then for them to work so hard all summer and then work in the weight room and all these unknowns happening with COVID and, you know, each week it's just they wait their turn to get in. And, you know, they, they got real time this week, not just a junk at the very end of a game. And so – to be a part of a winning game where they actually contributed and put names in stat books, it, it was a big deal for them. Um, Coach, let's move on to this week. Uh, schedule, uh, we talked about the schedule um, at the beginning of the year. Schedule doesn't get any easier now. Um, you guys have a state-ranked Archie coming to St. Joe. Um, talk about what you've seen from them and what can we expect on Friday. I'll tell you what, man. They, they're a fun team to watch. This is a uh, – this is a hold-this-tape-in-the-archive type team because they they fire off the ball hard every play. And I've been telling my kids all week, it is going to be from opening whistle to closing whistle. And every play in between, they're going to come eight dudes ready, ready to hit somebody, play hard through the whistle. Uh, I think they're well coached. They do a lot of things fundamentally sound. I think what you can expect is – is a, a dogfight, you know. The team that doesn't show up and play hard every play, they're going to be in trouble. Coach, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, LeBlanc is at home this week against Archie. Um, Coach, um, good luck to you and the kids this week, and um, we'll talk with you again soon. All right, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. You're awesome. Always a pleasure to talk with head coach Chuck Davis of Bishop LeBlanc. Now, we did have an interview with um, Bitten Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton. Unfortunately, they're not playing for the next two weeks. Um, we did have an opportunity to talk with Coach Keaton about the Lafayette game, and we had an opportunity to talk about their first win against Kansas City Central. Here's our interview with Coach Keaton right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We got Bitten Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton with us. Coach, how are you doing? Doing good, Cliff. Doing good. Well, Coach, we haven't talked in a couple weeks. Um, I was able to attend the Lafayette game live. Um, it was a tough, tough game, 13-6 to loss. Um, first of all, um, just give a recap of the game. Well, I'm, I'm, as, as, as we know, Lafayette is a very, very well-coached team and very talented. Uh, I really loved – I loved how hard our kids played. God, they played so hard. Um we had a few missed tackles in Lafayette's opening drive. Um, gave them – they earned it. I shouldn't say we gave them. Lafayette definitely earned that touchdown. But then it was a back-and-forth slugfest. Two teams that know each other intimately that both wanted to win. Both wanted to win bad. Um, it's 7 nothing. 
can't remember if it was late. I think it was late in the third, maybe early fourth. We score, and we decided right then and there to try to win the game on a two-point conversion. And didn't we were just inches away from from getting that done. And and then a really good player made a really good play on the next kickoff. And uh, there you go, thirteen six. Well, um, also too, um, I talked about it with um, Coach McDowell last week, uh, talking about the field conditions because it rained a lot that week. Um, how how did that play into your guys's play? Well, there's there's an old adage that that bad turf just makes slow guys slower, and I'm not saying we're slow, but um, it it had to be a problem for that both teams had to adjust to. Uh, it, and maybe it played a little bit into our favor, just what we do offensively a little bit more. But I'll, I'll tell you, that was uh, Murphy's best game throwing the ball. He was, he completed 57% of his passes that week. I think it was nine for 16. Um, we, it, it certainly wasn't great field or great field conditions, but both teams had to adjust to it. So, oh, absolutely! I think it definitely, I think it definitely impacted both teams. Well, I thought you guys played really hard that game, had a chance to win it until the end, and I were into the next week, which was a twenty to fourteen win over Kansas City Central. It was your guys's first win of the season. Um, go into perspective of that game as far as like your guys's play and what that win meant to your guys. Sure, sure. Well, every, every coach says this. I hope every coach feels this. I love coaching our kids. Our kids truly are the living embodiment of resilient. And they showed that again, Friday night. Um, we had a lot of kids in a lot of spots. They had not had much practice at. Uh, we had a lot of young kids, and they played their guts out. There wasn't a lot of people coming off the field. I mean, when it was when it was offense moved to defense or defense moved to offense, sometimes it was the same eleven kids that just got in a little bit different huddle. Um, I was so proud of them, and and they they truly earned that win. After the game, it was it was emotional for me. Because their resilience, and I was letting them know that the resilience that they are showing and that is inside of them is going to carry them through life. Uh, it's uncommon. I've done this for 22 years, and everybody talks about it. Everybody talks about being tough guys. Everybody talks about being resilient. Few actually get there. They they really do, and maybe that's human nature. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, sociologist, but those kids, those kids definitely got there Friday night. Uh, it was great to be a part of. I'm really, really par- proud of them. And uh, one of the, uh, my last question to you, Coach, uh, I bragged about this kid, not only to you, but to a lot of people. Uh, I truly do, like, I talk about Garrison Dydell all the time to people, just how great of a player he is, and You've told me how great of a human being this kid is. Um, this kid really plays hard. I told co- other coaches that this is a kid that I would love to have on my football team. Yeah. Talk about Garrett. Yeah. Uh, 
Garrison is somebody that every coach would want to have somewhere on their team. Um, if it's not at tailback, it's somewhere else. If it's not at free, it's at somewhere else. Um, he, he plays with a lot of heart. He's got talent and he had a great off season. I know when everybody was COVID and some kids were playing a lot of video games, Garrison came back from, from, uh, the spring quarantine and had put on 10 pounds. This is no, this is no lie. He had put on 10 pounds of muscle through his own, his own hard work. Um, and you can see it. He's, he's running angry, so to speak. He's breaking tackles. Uh, he, he is, he wants to be the guy. He wants to be that dude. And uh, he's earning it. He's earning the right to be that guy. He's awesome. He's awesome to watch. He's awesome to coach. I enjoy him in the weight room. Um, I cannot wait to see what transpires for him at the second level or the next level. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I get to be a part of his journey. Well, coach, I think he's, I think he's a great kid. You know, I think any college coach would be very, very glad to have him. Sure. I agree. Coach Keaton, I want to thank you so much for coming on again. I truly always do appreciate when you come on, you talk on the podcast and talk about your kids and talk about the games and all that stuff. Good luck to you and your kids the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate it, Cliff. That's Benton Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton. Always a pleasure to have him on. Um, Last segment before we wrap this up is with uh, KQT Sports Director Chris Roush. We like to have him on every week. We recap week four as a whole, and we preview three big games around the area. Here's our interview with KQT Sports Director Chris Roush right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 5 pregame show. We've got our good friend KQT Sports Director Chris Roush back with us. How are you doing, um, Chris? Good. How are you doing, Clifton? Good, I'm doing all right. Back on. Let's go to coach. Well, that would be a first for me. That would be a first. <laughs> so, hey, I've been talking to coaches all week, so mostly. So, it's definitely it's definitely been in the brain. So, um. Chris, first thing we always like to do is recap before we look ahead of week four. We got through another week of football. Um, What were some of your guys' standout moments? I think probably the biggest one in the area was uh, Mid Buchanan over Lathrop last week. And and not not just, you know, squeaking out a win, but, I mean, they they went down to Lathrop and and they they beat, you know, the Mules. And and part of it is, you know, the Dragons, this team is very well built this year. I mean, th- this team has been together for four years now. All these guys have, you know, been through the tough times, and now they're controlling their own destiny now in the KCI. They've knocked off Lathrop. They've knocked off Lawson. Two teams that they'd struggled with in years past. But now it's it's maybe Buchanan at the, at the top of the KCI. And, you know, Lathrop's just getting back into it after a couple weeks with, with the COVID-19 quarantine and stuff like that. But maybe Keenan went down there. They took care of business. I think another big deal, um, definitely you're talking about quarantine, is um, Savannah going and taking care of business. You know, Savannah was off for two weeks, and they beat a they beat a good Lafayette team coming back. So, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, coming out of the gate, I mean, it, Savannah looked really good coming out of the gate. Lafayette kind of fought back there, but yeah, that was that was good for you know Savannah to be able to get back, you know. In, I guess get comfortable again because they hadn't played since week one against Kirksville, and now that they get to come back, they beat some beat Lafayette, and you would think this week Lafayette would try to find some you know redemption, but that's not going to be the case as Lafayette's not playing Friday either. So um, it, just a lot of jumbled mess right now with teams not playing, them playing, and not playing. 
Yeah, and we'll get into that here real quick. Uh, definitely, um, as far as the city, this is probably the most it's been affected. Um, Lafayette and Benton, um, kids quarantine, so they're not playing this week. Uh, St. Joe Christian, um, the team that they were supposed to play, Kansas City Northeast, they're quarantined now. So three of the five city teams are on the schedule. With that, though, we got a pretty interesting matchup. Central going 30 minutes away to play a very good Savannah team. So what do you think of everything that happened this week and definitely how this matchup got set up? Well, it's it's been one of those deals where you have to take it. I mean, coaches like to say the cliche, it's week by week, day by day, but it really has been for a lot of programs, not just football, other sports too, but it's really impacted football this week. I mean, it was, I think it was Monday afternoon that Central and Savannah announced their game because Lafayette and Benton were down. And then a couple of days later, you had St. Joe Christian's game canceled because their opponent couldn't play. So you just don't know from Monday to Thursday to Friday what's going to happen if you're going to play. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes even sometimes even Friday afternoon, you don't even know whether you're playing or not. Over the case of a couple teams last week. So you just never know. You know, that's the thing, though. We just got to take it week by week, you know, and be grateful for the games that we do get to, that the teams do to get to play. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's right now, I, I was hoping we get through three weeks without many issues and we had some issues before that, but we're still playing here. We're still moving along. And, you know, it's good to see that it's still is churning along. It's been different, but the teams are still playing. Oh, absolutely. Definitely here. Central Savannah, that should be an interesting game. Definitely on Friday night. So, um, one game in the MEC that could be very interesting. Definitely, uh, Cameron's been on the rise this year. They just um, snapped a losing streak against Chillicothe, and then Maryville got knocked off by St. Pius last week. Um, how important is this football game for both these teams? Well, I think it's a pretty interesting one. You you have to look at it, and you know it's kind of one of those bounce back ones. I think you you know just coming off last week and everything. I think it's very big. Oh, absolutely. You know, Maryville, who, when's the last time, you know, really, you know, Maryville's been like, you know, suffered two losses this, this, at this stage of the season. And then Cameron, Cameron's playing really well right now, too. Their offense is going. So. Well, I think some of it for Maryville after that pious loss last week and Coach Matt Webb talked to his guys afterward was that, you know, St. Pius, they just came out and played better. I mean, that's what it was. And, you know, he, he got his team, you know, rallying back. I mean, yeah, they don't have Ben Walker this year due to injury, but, you know, they, they've still got a lot of good football players up there in Maryville. And, you know, St. Pius just came out and, you know, outplayed them last week. I, I think that's ultimately going to fire up this team, you know, as they move forward into conference play even further and as they look toward districts. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I, I would not count against Maryville until until it's all over. You know, them, you know, you always have to remember with them in Northwest Missouri State, never count those teams out until the end. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, eight-man football, man. I feel like eight-man football is huge this week. You know, you're talking about uh, North Shelby at North Andrew. That's our game that we're going to be talking about here in a second. But also Pattonsburg and Stanbury. Those are two teams in the top ten, four teams in the top ten. Um, two top ten matchups this week, but North Shelby and North Andrews, a big focus around here. Talk about that game, number two versus number four. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Clifton, we had North Andrew and Pattonsburg. Pattonsburg is a air raid offense. North Andrews ground and pound. This one, you have two styles that are similar. I mean, North Shelby and North Andrew will both run the football. They're physical. They're powerful teams. 
this one's going to be a lot different than that Pattonsburg North Andrew game. And I think this one also goes a long way, too. As you look ahead, you know, District 2 has North Shelby and Southwest Livingston sitting in the same district. And that's – everything goes according to plan for those two teams down the stretch here. That's a tremendous matchup in District 2. But – and I, I say this everywhere I talk and about how we man football shakes out. We see so much North Andrew, Mount City, Worth County, Stanbury, the likes. We don't see North Shelby that much. So we really don't know what to expect. They've been rolling through so far. That This may be just the Northwest area bias here. But until you start beating the teams in this area, North Shelby had proved it last year. I mean, they beat some good, really good teams last year. We just don't know what to think of them until they come up here and play the powerhouses that have been here for so long. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, we have an interview later on here on the on the pre-show with um, North Shelby head coach Seth Bass. And basically we get to know a little bit of a profile on North Shelby, like who the kids are and um, all that stuff for, for fans in – that may, be, that may be going to the game that don't know a lot about North Shelby because they are on the other side of the state. So definitely pay attention to that eight-man portion of the um, pregame show. There's a lot there. So, um, Chris, um, anything um, anything you want to plug, my friend, any social media, anything on the station, anything? Yeah, well, football tonight at 1035 scores highlights interviews everything just to recap week number five on the Missouri side of things week number four in Kansas that'll be football night 1035 after all the games get done or almost some patents versus games usually take a little bit longer but um everyone everything at 1035 football tonight on Friday patents versus to throw the football we know that they put up a lot of points so that's why we just never know when that game is going to end and you get a lot of high scoring games just you never know so Oh, absolutely. I know. I've been there before. I've worked there before. I know exactly how it is. You know, sometimes you may not get scores in the system until 11 o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. It gets pretty late sometimes, but we try to get all of them. And for the most part this year, we've been able to get them all. So it's, it's worked out pretty well. Oh, absolutely. That's a power. That's a power of social media, my friend. Definitely be, definitely thankful for Twitter. There. Absolutely. Um, well, also, you can check out uh, Football Tonight. Uh, Chris has been posting the uh, Football Tonight episode on YouTube so if you do get a chance to check those out if you let's say you do go to a football game and um you you don't get home for football tonight or you forget to DVR it or something it'll be on it'll be on YouTube probably on Saturdays or Sundays around this so definitely check that out check out Chris and check out Adam on football tonight 1035 on Friday nights uh, Chris thank you so much for coming on again you know a consistent week by week thank you so much I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck to you and Adam and the rest of the crew on Friday. Anytime, my man. Appreciate it. You can check out football tonight at 1035 on Fridays on KQ2. That is it for the first segment. On the second segment, we have everything KCIGRC scores, schedules, and standings. Plus, we preview the um, first set of Missouri State rankings, and we have interviews with Mid-Buck coach Aaron Fritz, East Buck head coach Dan Ritter, and KKWK 100.1 sports director Chris Warren. You can check that on the second segment here coming soon.